Open your Bibles there to Psalm 23. We'll be looking at verse 5 and 6 in just a moment. But I want to begin to set this up for you. What we've got to uniquely see here is that the passages finishing up what we're looking at is actually completing the cycle of a one-year life cycle of a sheep. Never noticed that before reading this and studying and looking at what the, the different commentators say. But if you notice, we began in the, the homeland. We began on the fertile soil where the shepherd was providing, uh, laid them down in the green pastures. He led them beside the quiet waters. But that was in the, the wintertime, but as summertime comes. So we had winter and spring, but as the summertime come. It would then become a dry, barren land, and the shepherd would have to lead his sheep through the valley to take them to the highland or go up to the mountains and go up on the top where there would be more water. Uh, most of that would also maybe be closer over to the ocean area, but as you go up in elevation, there would be more water on those mountains, and the shepherd had been there, and he had found where these places were for the sheep to come to be able to graze. He again had to provide for them and protect for them and travel through there, so you go through summer and fall, they're up on the mountain, and then as winter and spring comes, they'll be coming back down the mountain. A one-year cycle of the life of a sheep. Who better to tell us about this than Shepherd David? It's what he did for a living. He understood. So God took his knowledge and what he did and helped him write this. But it tells us about our Lord and Savior, how he loves us and how he provides for us and he, he protects us and he's going to help us to be able to lay down in those green pastures and he's going to take us by those quiet waters. But then when it comes time that we've got to, to move and we go through the valleys of life and there's danger, our shepherd's there. He's already been through these places before. He's not ignorant to what we're going through, and he knows and he protects us. Remember, we talked last week is when we go into the valley, how the shepherd would come close to us. Instead of leading from a distance, when they went through the valley, the shepherd would get close and come alongside of and to guide those sheep. And today we're going to look at the ending of this psalm by looking at verses 5 and 6. But I want you to listen for just a moment to a song. And it's going to tell us about the shepherd's point of view. You know, we always look at everything from our point of view in life. Amen. But I tell you, we need to focus on the shepherd. So let's listen about the shepherd's point of view. Standing on 
From the shepherd's point of view, he's on that mountain. I told you he's already gone through it. We go through those valleys, and it makes us who we are, but the shepherd's right there, and he knew exactly where to go. While we might be experiencing it through a health crisis, tearing that, y'all probably been through the most recent valley, but he was right there with you, and the shepherd had already been there. He already knew 
that y'all are going to come through and it. It grows us in that. But you know, as we go through life, we go through valleys and we are on mountaintops. And we talked about if you're never on the mountaintop, then you don't know what the valley is. And if you've never been in a valley, then a mountaintop don't mean anything to you. But it forms who we are. And the shepherd has taken us last week through the valley. He's leading us up to the mountain. Now, let's read. You just follow along. We're going to look at the entire psalm, and then we'll come back and look at our two verses tonight. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We have made our way through the valley Now we're up on the top. And what does it tell us there? But it says, you have prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemy. So the first thing I want us to look at here is he has gone to prepare a place for us. The Lord has already made his way. What we have to understand, I told you that the shepherd goes through before, but when the shepherd is leading them up on the mountain, he's already traveled through the valley. And I found out how interesting it was as they go up and they're looking for a place to bring the sheep. They're going to look for a flat land that's out there and it would be called a table. You know, oftentimes you're probably like me when I think of table, I think of the table I sit down at at home to eat uh, on four legs, a piece of furniture. But table is talking here about being spread out or spread in front of and up on those mountains as they're looking around, they're looking for a table, a flat land where you could take your sheep to graze them. Well, this shepherd has already gone to prepare a place for his sheep knowing that the summertime is coming. He had to go up and find that table land and he would have to go and he would have to look for the weeds that were poisonous to the sheep and he'd have to do everything he could to eradicate those before the sheep come. He would have to look at the water source and make sure that it was uncovered or cleaned around where they could get up to it. He would have to check to see where could maybe the predators come in. He would have to prepare the area because the shepherd of the sheep did not want anything to happen to the sheep. He wanted them to be able to come up there and to be able to lie down on this green table He would have it all set just for them. And as he would take them through the valley and they would begin to make their way up the mountain to a place that he prepared for them. You know, our Lord and Savior is the same thing. He came here on earth so that he could become like us in all aspects but sin so that he could be 
tempted and still be perfect, but that he would be able to understand what we go through so that we wouldn't think, oh, yeah, God, you're sitting up there on the throne. You've never dealt with any of this. No, his son has. His son came and lived perfect, died on the cross, ascended again, and he went to prepare a place for us. Does that sound a little bit familiar to you, that he went to prepare? Let me read to you from John chapter 14, very familiar verse to most of you probably. Jesus speaking said, do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Our shepherd has already gone and began preparing a place for us because when we get there, he wants it just perfect. And I believe that he's preparing a place for each one of us, a special place. He knows who we are. You can take this and you can look at it and some commentators will tell you that there's going to be a big mansion with a whole bunch of rooms and some people say we're each going to have our own mansion. You know, I'm not there. I can't tell you. But I can tell you for sure that he is preparing a place and when that place is finished, he's going to come and take me to be with him. Isn't that good news? That he is... Not just coming back one day, but he's coming back when he has a place that is ready for us. He has gone to prepare us a place. And you know also that when he comes back, he will welcome us as honored guests. We will be his children. But at this banquet feast, you see it was very common in their day that when you had a banquet that you would prepare oils for anointing. It would help the complexion to glow. And they said they'd often take that olive oil and they'd put some perfume in it. Y'all have seen some of them, smelt some of the anointing oils that I have from over in Israel. They would use these in abundance, especially for the honored guest. When you would come in, they would cover you and rub you down and pour over your head. Well, you see, when the sheep are making their way and they're grazing, and they're going through that valley, they're probably going to get some scrapes and some bruises and some banged up points. And the shepherd is going to anoint them with oil. It's going to keep, he's going to keep oil on their heads and around their face, uh, them little lovely flies and gnats, them some pesky little fellows. They want to get all up in the nose and just drive them sheep crazy and just fly all around them so they would be anointed with these oils to help with that and to help the healing process. Because you see, the shepherd loves his sheep. He wants what's best for his sheep. So he would anoint them. And it, it tells us there that you have anointed my head with oil, my cup overflows. Oil wasn't cheap. These perfumed oils is saying here that they anointed his head and his cup overflowed. You see, the Lord has prepared a table 
It says there he prepared the the table in the presence of my enemies. God can protect anything, but he's going to lavish on us in front of those who have been our enemies, I believe, from from reading this. And he's going to lavish on us, but you know he's not going to lavish on us out of our context, but he's going to lavish on us out of his. Let me tell you what he has is unending. The cup can overflow. He's not going to, maybe we could look at it this way, he's not going to give you a cup and give you a half a cup. He's going to give you so much that your cup overflows. You see, when we get up on that hilltop as we've made our way through and he's leading us up there and now we've gotten up there and he's prepared a table, he's protecting us, he's anointed our head with oil. But then, I love this one. He pursues a relationship with us. God loves us enough that he pursues. He's coming after us because of his love. You know, he could easily say, you know, I gave you some simple commands. You couldn't follow them. I don't want nothing to do with you. But no, as believers and we're repentant, he pursues after us. Verse 6 says, surely goodness and loving kindness or goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. All of our life, the Lord is pursuing after. He wants a, a relationship. You know, when I get up in the morning, so excited when I go in and I can sit down and have my quiet time knowing that the Lord is waiting for me right there. All of my days, not some of the days, not the days that I do the right things, but even when I sin, he's pursuing after me all the days. He's sending that goodness and that loving kindness or the mercy, you know, his grace and mercy are after us all the time. Because let me tell you, every day I deserve separation from him, but every day he gives me his love. He gives me his protection and his surrounding for me. And then it tells us also that we will spend all of eternity with him. That last part says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When he comes and he takes us back home, it's forever. We have a guarantee as a born-again, blood-washed believer that we will dwell in the house of the the Lord forever. We're going to dwell in his presence. Do you know we, we can look at that as we so often do and think about when we die and he comes and we go up there or we're still alive and he returns and he takes us with us, then all of a sudden we're going to be in God's presence and we're going to start enjoying it. It's already happened. The moment we receive Christ, we become in his presence and we're living all of our days now alive and after death with him. That middle part of six, it talks about follow me all the days of my life. In the Hebrew, it's talking about the days of life, which means all of them, not some of them. But he's always there. 
We're in a relationship with him now. We are dwelling in the house of the Lord. We're dwelling in his presence right now. Now, there will be a time where we'll be united to him, I think, in a different way in our glorified, righteous bodies. Because you see, our flesh is not righteous, but he looks at us through the blood of Jesus and he sees us as righteous. But when we die and we go and we lose this flesh nature, we get our new bodies. How many of y'all ready for that new body? No more aching, no more knees, no more COVID, no more hips, no more mowing the yard out in the hot sun. Amen. New bodies. When you see when we come in, just excited, when we come into his presence, we come as honored guest and our shepherd is wanting to lavish on us his love and his love is so much greater than what we can imagine we as humans we have to take the love and we have to look at it a lot of times from our standpoint a lot of time we're looking at it as that phileo love that brotherly love but god's love is that agape love which is is called a volitional love it's a decision that was made you know god made a decision even before you were born that he was going to love you and it doesn't matter what you do he still loves you he still offers you salvation just kind of like the covenant that he, he made in the Old Testament. Yeah, have y'all ever heard of the term we use today, cutting the contract? It's exactly what a covenant is. They would take an animal, they would cut it in two equal parts, split it apart. Both parties would walk through, and that would be the covenant. It would be basically symbolizing that if either one of them did not uphold their end of the agreement, may it happen to them what happened to that animal. But God did his covenant a little bit different. He had them take and cut and split the animal, and you see what represented God walk through. It's a one-sided contract. You don't have to. God's going to uphold his end. And he has through passing down through the seed and giving us Jesus Christ. But with our salvation, he loves us, and he's poured on his anointing oil. He has welcomed us. And we're his regardless. And we're always going to be in his presence, even in the deep, dark days of the bed with COVID. And you're praying, I'm ready, Lord. I know we are. I've been there. I'm blessed that many of you haven't been there. But in deep, dark times of your life, we've all had some times that it was like, oh, God, where are you? You know where he was? He was right there. We're always in his presence. That's our shepherd. All of these verses have been talking about what the shepherd has done. You know in here, nowhere does it say what the sheep did for the shepherd. All of this is talking about how great our shepherd is. How much he loves us. How much he cares for us. He's providing. He made a place for him to lie down. In the pastures in Eden, the, the quiet waters, he restored them. He guided them through the pass, through the valley, and said, I'll fear no evil. You know, I think last Wednesday, Sunday, and this Wednesday kind of go together that I'll fear no evil. You know why? We don't have to fear evil because we have peace. 
Because Jesus is in us and Jesus is the peace, we don't have to fear as the world fears. Because we know what's going to happen. We know who's going to win. And it was our shepherd. But that's it. He's already gone to prepare a place for us. He welcomes us in as his honored guest. He pursues after us. And we're going to get to spend all eternity with him. Amen. What a shepherd is going to provide for everything we need. And he'll always be there. We don't have to worry about him leaving us. You bow your heads.